Okay, some of these definitions you are going to know just because we've already gone over them, but we're now into the optimizing section. This is the part where you tweak and change and add things that most people will never ever see, but they are very important. So, some definitions that you need to know. We've talked about rank, ranking, and positions refers to where a site shows up in search engine results. I go to Google and I type in Hillside Farms and the very first three results that I see are for Hillside Farms sausage. Of course, that's not what I'm wanting. Hillside Farms organic, farms and organic fruits and vegetables is number four in the search results on page one, so we say that it ranks number four on page one, or it has a position of number four on page one. So is that clear what I'm talking about? So yeah, it, except it's, you don't see numbers, but you know, we, we count, we go one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. So, so if I say, I got a web page that's number three on page one, that, that just is the rank or the position. So typically these, these words we, we use like it ranks well or it ranks poorly. Good positioning, bad positioning. So um, we, we tend to not talk about you know, number three on page one all that much because what my results, what I see may not be what you see when you do the same search. So, uh, we're, we're looking a little more in general terms when these words are used. Ranking factors, ranking elements, ranking signals. These are the things, and, and things is about as good as I can do right now. We will talk about the specifics here shortly. The things that Google looks at to decide where to position your web pages. There have been over 100 ranking signals identified. One of the things, one of the great frustrations that we face is that Google doesn't tell us a whole lot about what it does, how it does. Uh, because if they did, then every time they tell us what, we're, what they're doing, a bunch of people get out there and try to figure out how to game the system. And, and Google doesn't want their system to be gamed. They don't want somebody to, to try to figure out how to trick the system. So every once in a while, they'll come up with an update to their, their process and knock out all the people who have been gaming the system. And everybody screams and hollers. Um, it's not here in my list, but we talked a little bit about algorithms. Did, did, that, did everybody understand what I'm talking about when I say algorithms? No? Okay. An algorithm, I'm, I'm not going to try to give you the, the mathematical definition, but it is like a complex formula. And Google takes the information that it finds on your website and it runs it through this algorithm. And it says, as a result of what we see here, we think that this site gets this position or this page gets this positioning. Or we think this page is no good, so we're just gonna drop it out altogether. The algorithm is the the formula that they use to, to evaluate and analyze the site. Optimization, it's what we do to a page or to an image or a piece of content or the entire site. The things that we do to try to encourage Google, because tricking Google is, is bad news, it doesn't work very well. Uh, we want to encourage Google to give your site better positioning in search results, relevant search results. SEO, search engine optimization. There's the technical or on-site op search engine optimization, and this is the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And we'll be taking a look at at behind the website walls in just a moment. So you can see what we're talking about with the technical or on-site 
uh, optimization. There's offsite stuff, and these are things that you might do on social media. When I say, when I say offsite, I don't mean out here in meat space, out here in the real world. I'm talking about away from your website out there on the internet. So it'd be social media. It's not on your web page. It may be a, maybe it's a directory. Uh, Google Places is an example. It's not your website. It's off on Google's website. But there are things that you can do to optimize that listing. There are probably 12 or so, depending on what kind of business you're in, there's about 12 directories out there that you should be paying attention to um, because the listings, your business listings in those directories will affect your, uh, your positioning, how well your site ranks. For example, if Google looks at your website and then it goes and looks at the Google Places listing and it looks at Manta and it looks at Super Yellow Pages or Super Pages and then it looks at Yellow Pages and it looks at Yelp and Foursquare and these other directories of local businesses. And it sees that your, your phone number is either completely different or slightly different on each one of them. It says, hmm, something's wrong here. Lower the ranking. So that's the offsite stuff. We'd go through and make sure that all your directory listings are precisely correct. Uh, that's a, an example of the offsite off of your website on other websites that have an effect. Content optimization. I don't know why I stuck that in there, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Content and SEO. It used to be that, the, that this technical or off-site stuff that we do, on-site, sorry, the technical SEO that we do used to be the primary thing. In recent Last year or so, Google has made content so much more important that now you have to consider the two of them together. Um, you cannot work in isolation from each other. They have to be considered together. How do we use content in the, in this con in the context of optimization? Well, I can tell you how we used to do it. Back in the old days, when we discovered that there were such a thing as keywords, we used to build web pages. This was back in the days of, of the HTML pages where you had to code the page. Meta tags started being used about the same time, but this was, this was a different uh, strategy that we were using. You'd have a page, and usually you'd have a, a white background like this. And we'd say, okay, I, wanna, I want this page to show up for for organic fruit. And so we might go in and, and code the page so that organic fruit was repeated about 5,000 times there in white text. So the, the person reading the web page couldn't see it, but Google saw it. It was an er, the very earliest form of keyword stuffing that that was out there well it didn't take long and google figured that one out and and kind of put an end to that and you know a lot of the things that that we're going to talk about you're going to hear people will have a workaround a way to trick google a way to game the system and the thing is is it always works temporarily google doesn't like it so they will come out with a fix and they will knock you down so Try to avoid the tricks. You can't trick the system for long and get away with it. Another uh, form of keyword stuffing showed up uh, when content started becoming more and more, it became more and more obvious that content was very important. People would create, actually what they were doing is they were going overseas and hiring people for $2 an hour to write articles about whatever the keyword, organic fruits and vegetables. And so you would end up with, with web pages that had absolutely no resemblance to the English language as we know it. And yet it was gaming the system. 
Google would see the keywords within the text. And so you'd end up with something like, Hillside Farms organic fruits and vegetables are the best organic fruits and vegetables that you can find if you're interested in finding organic fruits and vegetables. You should be eating organic fruits and vegetables because the organic fruits and vegetables are really good for your body. And if you don't eat organic fruits and vegetables, and on and on and on, keyword stuffing. So when you create your content, avoid the temptation to work that word in or that phrase in as many times as you can. It has to sound natural. So if you can imagine that you are talking to somebody and, and reading this to them, and if, if the person in your imagination is feeling the urge to smack you upside the head because you're talking so strangely, okay, you, you know that you need to change what you're writing. Well, that's what I was talking about, what we used to do with the white text on the white background. Don't do it. That's keyword stuffing, and Google will, even though nobody can see it, Google can see it, and Google will smack the website down faster. Actually, probably what will happen faster is they'll die laughing that somebody's still trying it. It's, it's, just, it's just something that don't do it, because you will, if you, if you violate this stuff too much, you will actually get de-indexed, which means that your site will not show up in Google. And if Google doesn't want to show your website, sorry, Yahoo and Bing are not going to give you very much traffic. There are people that, and the, the, as the robots are crawling through, if they, there are some things that they will bring to the notice of the human team for manual review. And, I have heard stories of people who, have, who haven't done, you know, they've, they've been right on the fine line of, of crossing over into where they shouldn't be, and trying to get things resolved is not easy, and certainly not worth the time of most of us in this room. So it's just better to focus on providing good content that answers the needs of, of your visitors. Don't try to game the system you will pay the price, and it can be a very harsh price. Duplicate content we talked about, it's not really, you will hear some people say there's a duplicate content penalty. There is no duplicate content penalty at this time. However, if a page has a lot of duplicate content on it, Google will just not show it. They don't penalize you for it, they're just not, it's just going to end up down in the bottom here where it says, in order to show you the most relevant results, we omitted some duplicate content. Relevance, I can't hammer this enough. Fresh, unique, relevant. Always have in mind, how did they get to your website? How might they get to this page? Why did they click through? And does the content on this page answer that question? And if you don't have a clear answer to that in your mind, then you need to rethink the page. You need, you need to revisit why are you doing it? What purpose is it serving? So always have in mind, somebody that comes to this page from a Google search, how did they get here? How would they get here? What would they have in mind if they were searching for this particular phrase? Are they wanting to buy something? Are they wanting information about how to do something? Do the mind reading thing. Cannibalism is a problem on websites. And Milton, Amy and I have had a big discussion about yours. We're working on a website with Milton here and, and we've had a discussion about this because this is a, a problem with websites that grow over time. You have 15 pages that all discuss the very same keyword or key phrase and have relevant information about it. Google gets confused. They don't know which page to show and if they can't figure it out, which one of these is most important on this website? Which one is the most relevant? And if Google can't figure it out, it doesn't get shown. Or it gets shown much lower. So you need to think about how to structure your content so that you have 
one page, one key phrase, and answer the burning question. If you have, if you have different key phrases that are very similar, don't try to cram them all onto a single page. Create a separate page for each one. Instead of talking about organic fruits and vegetables delivery, have a page that's organic fruit delivery. Have one that's organic vegetables direct delivery. You can, you can also have one that's organic fruits and vegetables. You know, if, if, you've, if your keyword research is showing that people are actually searching for those. So one page, one key phrase, and try to avoid uh, mixing them up together and trying to do a shotgun approach. The shotgun approach doesn't work very well anymore, so you need to think laser beam. And when you're dealing with a, a site that has existed for a while, it's kind of a challenge because you have to look at those pages now and say, okay, which one is most, which one's most relevant? How do we add the other information in that we need to? And what's going to happen if we alter the page that exists? Are we going to lose traffic because we've changed the page that, that Google is, now sees it as being different than what we'd planned? There, there are some of these factors that you have to, to look at. But one, one key phrase, one page, and keep to that as best you can. Yes. And that's, that's part of what we're trying to, and, and not only that, but then if you've, got, if you've got a page that talks about, uh, talks about a frequently asked question and you decide you need to create a page to address it because it, it's big enough, it needs to come out of your frequently asked questions. And then next year you have a little more information and so you write about it again, but from a different viewpoint. It feels like it's a different page. Well, it, you're still answering the same thing. Now you've got two pages. Google says, hmm, which one should I show? Hmm, I don't know. And it's, it's, as, it's, as Google's trying to figure it out, here's where it's going in the rankings. It's going down, down, down. So it's, and see, this is a concept that, that hasn't, hasn't, hasn't been at the high level of attention priority for a lot of people up until recently. So uh, it's, it's something that we're becoming more and more aware of, the, you know, the fact that you've got pages competing with each other and you're, you end up losing some traffic because of it. And it's cannibalism because you're going against your own self. You're going against yourself, yes. And the word silo, I'm not used to that word. Is that an abbreviation or something? No, it's the, you know how, how grain silo, long yeah. building, yeah. silo. You're, it's because they're side by side. Yeah, and isolated. Although I don't want to say isolated, strictly isolated, as in there's, there's no way to go from this page to this page. It's just that this page is very specific content. This page is very specific content. And in fact, uh, there's, a, there's a theory out there in, as part of this silo concept that uh, I don't have a slide for, but they say that every page should have you know, every page you're always going to have the navigation bar up here at the top. But when you get down, down into the body of the page, you should have links. So if this were a web page, for example, I should have a, a link in here, an inline link to a page about cannibalism. And I should have a link to a page about keyword stuffing. But in one of my pages, one of my pages in my site, this is how I move people within in my site. I don't want them to just hit one page and then go away. I want them to move around in the site because then Google sees that and says, aha, this site's got lots of relevant content. But in, when you take this silo concept to, to its full uh, not consequences, but if you, if you follow this silo concept the way it's been presented uh, by the ones I've been reading about, they say you shouldn't have any more than two links going off of that page off to another. So, and they should be to relevant 
or information that's relevant about this page. In other words, I have a thing on here of keyword stuffing and, and it's content issues. I really shouldn't have a link that goes off to uh, something like how to create a WordPress site. Category. It could. In order to, to, take, to avoid that, you should probably address each study or each, um, maybe, you could either go from each study, the context of each study, you have a different page for each one, or a different issue that was studied within that research, uh, a different element. You know, so, so you're talking about pancreatic cancer and, and maybe it's the effects of certain medications on it. So the effects of the medication, you shouldn't have a lot of information on other pages because then you're going to end up with some cannibalism. It, it's, a, it's, it's going to be a little tricky to do if you're trying to aggregate information like that from so many different resources and then link back to them and, and so on. It's going to be a little tricky. And, and about all you can do in that case, we're going to talk about tracking and analyzing. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to track your pages and look and see are they are they competing with each other they're what they say they're doing is they're trying to provide the best user experience that they possibly can and that they want to provide fresh unique relevant content to users google doesn't much care what you think <laughs> they but they do have some mechanisms for figuring out what visitors, site visitors and users think. They are going to look at things like how often is, if you're doing a blog post, how many times has that been shared on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram? Doesn't matter if you are or not. If I go to your, if I go to your website and I see a blog post that I like, and I want to share it on my social media accounts. You don't have to have a social media account. I can share the link to your site. And if I do that, then Google sees that and says, huh, this has been shared. Oh, look, it, it got shared 10 times yesterday and 15 times the day before. So this is, this is maybe a, a relevant thing. Let's see what people were searching for when they found it. And so the whole picture, they look at the whole picture and say, hmm, this, this is a more relevant piece of content. So the next time that key phrase gets searched, you know, your, your post, that particular post is going to show up a little bit higher. Google is the largest search engine. Google has the lion's share of the market. And I, I don't have the current numbers, but the last I saw it was like, uh, all the others had less than 5% market share. So Google being so large, they make the rules. You have to, if you want, if you want search traffic. I mean, I noticed with Google. Mm -hmm. there, there are very specific, some of the very, very specific search engines can do a better job. But they are very tiny, tiny, tiny vertical markets that, you know, that's just all they do, and, and there they can compete. But when it comes to the broad knowledge base, Google controls it, at least as far as the online world. They do within, within certain boundaries, they do, and, and this is why they have the market share they do, because they have figured out how to deliver the experience that the average user is looking for. The answers that they're getting when you go onto on to Google to search for something, that experience that Google gives you is what the average person is looking for. Now, they're always looking to improve it because it, the more they improve it, the more they get to control uh, things. But it's users like what they're getting. They like the answers that they're getting. So we have to play by, the, by their rules if we want to get search traffic. All right, search engine optimization. You guys have seen this book sitting up here, The Art of SEO. You see how thick that book is? It's 996 pages. 
It was published in September and there's already at least one chapter that's out of date. Search engine optimization is something that's necessary. Unfortunately, it's just never ending in never stops changing. You need to know the basics. And so we are going to go through, let's see. Do you know what? I don't have time to go through as in depth as I wanted to because we've still got another, another element to look at. I have a link in my resources that I'm going to give to you that you need to go and look at, and it will tell you how to go look at a website. And this is what it's going to look like. It's how to perform an SEO audit, and it includes a template that you can use to fill it out. It's, if you followed everything on this page and, and ran it, your own site through it, you would have a report that probably would cost you somewhere between two and $3,000 to have a professional do it. So you can do this yourself. I'm going to run through real quick a couple of things and then we're going to look at a website on the inside. When we do an audit, an SEO audit, we're going through and looking at the insides of your website. We're looking at the code. We're looking at elements that the average person doesn't see. And this is the on-site technical aspects. Um, he's recommending that the first thing you do is, is run Screaming Frog through your, do a crawl on the website. Screaming Frog is a piece of software. It's a free application that goes through your website and then gives you a, a pretty detailed report and all of these things here, these bold things here on the bullet points are the things that it's looking for. And these are all issues in technical SEO. Some of them are going to start getting kind of in the weeds, a little arcane, but they're, they're things that you need to, to work with let me point out some of the most important ones. Page title tags. Uh, page title tag is what returns this text right up here. That's an important thing. It's okay to put keywords there. If you are a local business and you're looking to reach local people, your page title tag should have a geographic uh, tag or a geographic term in it. So to go back to our, our fictional farm, a page title might be Hillside Farms, Hillside, Oregon, best organic fruits and vegetables. It's not the best keyword in the world, the key phrase in the world, but it's, it's a place to start. So we'll look at, at where these, these things are in the website here in a minute. Uh, meta description tags. These are important because Google looks at that. And you know when you get your, your search results, you've got the page title, and then there's a, a few lines of description that, are, that show up. That's this meta description tag right here. Meta keywords, we don't bother with that. Google doesn't even look at it anymore. It was something that was used years and years ago, and that's where we would stuff that meta tag with all kinds of keywords, and we'd just throw the kitchen sink at it. And it became so misused that Google just said, you know what, we're not gonna pay any attention to it. Headings, this H1, H2, H3 thing is, a, is from HTML code, and I'll show you those in a minute. Every page needs to have an H1 tag because that 
or an H1 headline, and I'll show you what that is, because it tells, Google looks for those, because when it finds that, it says, this is what the page is about. I think we'll close that before it blows everything down. Um, let's see, what else? Most of those are starting to get into the weeds. You don't need to fiddle with them too much. Ah, here we go, images. Images have a thing called an alt tag. And originally it was designed for those of us that hated to just automatically load images in our browsers. This was back in the 90s when we were still on modems and speeds were so slow that, that if you waited for a site to load all the pictures that somebody had loaded in there, you'd, you were going to use up all of your, your time and, and not, not be able to see very many websites. So this alt text was, if we had turned off the images in our browser, this alt text is what was going to show. This is also a place where you can put in, it's okay to put in keywords now. So on the page, you might have a picture of your, uh, your organic artichokes that are just, have just come in season. And so your key phrase that you would put in the alt tag would be something, to the ex something like fresh organic artichokes grown at Hillside Farms in Hillside, Oregon. And it's okay to do that in this particular spot. Google looks for keywords there. You just don't want to say, uh, buy our fresh organic vegetables, fruits and vegetables, because fruits and organic vegetables are good for you. Uh, you know, don't stuff it. Use them judiciously. We'll talk about those in a minute. Keywords, there's a report here that talks about in, in that Screaming Frog report, there's some information about the keywords that the, that the website seems to be ranking for and what to do about it. You need to read this file because it'll be an education on SEO and how to do a site audit. Uh, and it, it's stuff that you're going to need to, to be able to read rather than listen to me lecture you about it. The URLs title tags, and we talked about that. And, and then here's, here's good information. You know, he's got very good descriptions of why these things are important, and so on. Um, meta descriptions, Let's see if there's else things we need to talk about in here. Internal linking is, is a big thing, and there's some good information there to tell you how much you should do and so on. Alt text, no follow. This is, backlinks is something, and links is a, one of those things that you need to spend a little bit of time learning about because it is one of those things that can have a very detrimental effect on your website. Two years ago, it used to be that we could go buy backlinks. We could pay somebody to go, go off to all these websites around the world and put in links to our website. And Google, would look at, Google was looking at the number of backlinks. How many links are there on other websites that point to my website? And so I could go buy thousands and thousands of backlinks. And there were whole businesses set up selling backlinks. And it worked for a couple of years. And, and we spent hundreds, if not thousands of dollars buying backlinks and, and having staff go and, and set these up manually. And then Google got started getting enough complaints is what happened because the sites with the most backlinks were the ones that came to the tops. Well, of course, the ones who want to game the system typically are the sites that you're not interested in. They want to sell you the drugs from Canada. They want to sell you online gaming. And they would, here you'd have maybe a, an online casino that's ranking for organic fruits and vegetables because they've gotten so many backlinks you know, for that, that point into that keyword. So 
the, there was a period there where Google results were almost unusable. I never, I never ever, for, during that time period, whenever I used Google, I automatically went to page two before I'd even start looking at the results because I knew that, that what was on the first page was all spam and useless. So Google came in and did a house cleaning and killed many businesses and set up a great wailing and gnashing of teeth as everybody tried to figure out what to do next. Nowadays, if your backlinks are not, don't look natural, if it looks like you've put in 50 backlinks today and 120 yesterday, and uh, you know, there's a pattern like that, Google says, uh, danger sign, this is not natural, and you will get slapped. If you've ever heard of the term of the Google slap, it means you get slapped straight out of the index and they don't show your site anymore. It's important enough that in the Webmaster Tools toolbox that they provide, you can go in and look at your backlinks at sites that are linking back to you and you can disavow any link that does not uh, meet the standards, you know, if, it, if it's a link farm, that the link farms are these sites that, that just link to whomever without any regard for relevance or anything. So you can go disavow these, these spammy links that are hurting your, your ranking. And many legitimate businesses spent as much money disavowing, going through and disavowing individual links as we spent in getting them in the first place. So we ended up paying twice for them. Backlinking is a very good strategy, getting these backlinks, but you must be careful. Do not buy backlinks under any circumstances. And if somebody comes along and tells you, I've got a piece of software that'll get you backlinks automatically by hundreds of thousands, say no thank you and walk away. Search engine optimization is a long game not a short one. So don't try for the shortcuts unless you're willing to pay the price. So all of these, these things in here, again, if you take the time to read them, this guy's got, this article is much better than anything I could put together. So he's got links and tools and so on that, that can help you get, here's a, a thing. See, Google's recommended page load speed is 1.4 seconds or less. That's pretty fast. And so there's ways to test it and figure out what needs to happen if it's not fast enough. There's those inbound links issues, competitive link analysis. So I highly recommend that you do, when, when I email you this uh, link, with the, with the notes that you spend some time looking at that. It's a very, I, there's a lot of information I know there, but really it's a basic look at SEO and the things that you need to know. And what was the site called again? It's Quicksprout is the, the home site and Yeah, you can, if you're, if you're impatient and want to get it uh, before I email it to you, <laughs> you can Google how to perform an SEO audit. And actually, there's, a, there's even another way to, to do that. Let me, let me show you a, a quick trick that, that will, all right. This came up number one just because mostly because it knows my search history. Do you see this little thing that I put in there? Site colon quicksprout.com SEO audit. That's searching only the results within Quicksprout. And so it gave me that first, this how to perform an SEO audit free $5,000 template is the one that you want. So what I searched for was site colon quicksprout.com space SEO space audit. 
and then this is the link that you want. There's quite a number of things that you can use, like this site colon thing to search. You can search for sites that have a specific word within the domain name. Uh, you can search only sites that have a specific word within their domain name. Uh, there's all kinds of little things that you can do. Uh, look sometime in the advanced search sections. You can search for things that have been within the last 24 hours. This is a way to keep an eye on your competitors or what's the, the news in your industry. All right. We're running out of time. I have to talk fast. By the way, there's the Better Life link. You can see what they've got there. Okay, one of the tools that you're going to use as you are looking at a page, if you don't want to, to dig into uh, the code, if you want to, you know, don't want to get logged into your website, you just want to check something real quick. Pardon me. Let's say I want to look and see what this Welcome to Better Health TV. I want to see what that is about. I want to see what the information is behind it. I'm going to right click on it. I'm going to scroll down and inspect element. And see it pops up this little pane down here, window pane, and there it is right there, highlighted. Do you see this right here where the, it has the little angle brackets and H1 inside? So there's the H1, there's the Welcome to Better Health TV. The strong is just a, the code for bolding, making it bold text. And then here's the slash H1. That's closing that tag. That tells Google that this page is about Better Health TV. Now they could do a better page title because Welcome to My Website or any variation of that is not the best page title to have. Um, it should have some kind of benefit in there really. Milton, do you have a, does Safari have the inspect element in? Okay. I haven't, I haven't ever, I haven't done it either, but I know that Firefox and Chrome both have this uh, capacity to inspect a single element. If that doesn't work, I think. It's called inspect a single element. Inspect element. If that doesn't work, one, the other thing that you can do is right click on it and view page source and by the way this is what the page this is what google sees when it sees the page isn't that fun <laughs> pardon that is html that's the html code that is there Okay, can you see my mouse? Yeah. Okay, I, I, I will get this result anywhere on the page. So, so I'm going to right click and then see right here, page source. View page source. I see the entire code. So I can look up here at the page title. You see right here, this, there's the page title. Here is the meta description tag. Remember I was telling you about the meta description tag? They don't have a description. See, there's nothing in between the quote marks right, right there. So if this were shown in the search results, there would be no description of the page and nobody would know how to get or what it was about other than just the title, Better Life, Better Health TV. There's the meta keywords tag. Nobody pays attention to that anymore for reasons we discussed. Let's see what else. All of this, this stuff here is JavaScript and, and other little things that you don't need to know about. I've not seen 
Okay. There are some tools that you have to use if you want to, to see what's going on with them. But to get the, to look at this, this single element right here, I highlighted it, I right clicked on it, and went to inspect element. Do you? I, it sounds like I haven't I haven't used one for this. <laughs> There's always something, isn't there? <laughs> so then it shows down here and it highlights. And this is useful when you're when you are wanting to do the technical SEO stuff. Uh, you need to be able to look at these elements um, and see how they're displayed. All right. Any questions before I go to the, the next thing that I wanted to demonstrate to you? No? This is, this is SEO technical stuff is just about guaranteed to make your eyes glaze over. All right. We talked about WordPress and moving around within WordPress and so on. I wanted to show you real quick inside the Center for Online Evangelism's website. And let me do this and this and this. And let me pull up the main page. Okay, this is our website. That's what you see when you come to the website and look at it. Now this black bar right up here is showing only because I'm logged into the administrative panel. So you can see how we're using that wide section, you know, screen wide thing and, and segments, uh, blocks of text, and, and this site is about to undergo a serious overhaul, so don't don't critique it too much just now. This is what it looks like when I want to create a page, when I want to alter a page, when I want to add content. I don't have a blog show, set up, so I can't show you that, but I can show you the pages. Assuming that this will load this very slow internet here. Okay, this is a, a list of my pages that I have here on the website and I'll use this one because it's not going to matter too much if I mess it up. So this is a, a page that we're required by various states to add to our website because we do fundraising. and. You can see here I've just entered text in to this area. Up here is where I put the, the page title. This is also going to become an H1 tag just by virtue of that's where it's at. So this is a good thing to put in, you know, to to put in what your a description of what your page is about. And then the text just types in. And this is what it displays. Now this one breaks the rules that I was telling you about dense text. And the only reason this one's got dense text is because these are just fulfilling legal requirements. This is not really something that users are going to, to have much interaction with. So. Yes, this is where, let me, let me create a new page really quick just to show you. So I clicked on Add New. We'll wait for the internet to catch up. We are waiting for the internet to catch up. Is it easier to do this on these kind of computers versus Mac, or can Mac can possibly do this? Mac can do this because nothing's happening on my computer. 
This is all happening on our web hosting account. So it's anything that will actually do the typing and clicking and so on, it's just, you know, that's, you can do whatever you want on any machine. It'll look pretty much the same. All right, Dave's test page. And I'm going, just so you can see, I'm going to use the Divi Builder. And you can see all of a sudden it gives me modules here. And I can choose the format, the layout that I want. So I can, this is how the page would be divided up. That would give me two columns that I can put. No, this is, Divi is the theme that I'm using. The theme that takes the information from WordPress and WordPress's databases and displays the information. So I can, I can move these modules around. I can add things to them. Um, I want to add, I've, I've got these little short codes here that, that I can say, oh, I want to, I want to drop in a countdown timer, I want to drop in a map, and it makes it very easy. And I'm not going to, to go into much of that because it'd take up too much time. We're running short today. Um, but I can create the page very quickly and then come up here and publish, and then it will show up on the website. That's all there is to creating a web page with, with WordPress. And if you aren't using that editor, if you want to use the, the default, let's just use that one real quick and say, this is a test page for class. And I'm going to bold it and italicize it. And I'm going to publish it. And then this is something that I need to do because of the way I have things set. I need to go and add it to the menu. Menu, Dave's test page, add to menu. Okay, now when we go to the website, we should see my test page showing up on the navigation bar right after the contact page. So let's see if that happened. Reload. See right there? There it is. This is easy stuff to do once you get it set up. Once you get started, now I'm gonna remove that so that if my boss happens to be looking at the website, he's not wondering what in the world's Dave doing? <laughs> so m much of the stuff that we've been talking about, it sounds really scary and it is scary the first time you do it. But pretty quickly, you're going to be creating web pages and moving things around like you've been doing it all your life. This interface is really good, uh, really easy to work with uh, once you get past the initial learning curve. Is this program you're using right here a particular program? This is WordPress. This is the interface for WordPress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it's like I said, this is not on my computer. I'm connecting through the internet. That's why there's the delay in loading the pages and making, getting the pages changes to show up. Now I told you I would, I would show you about the plugins real quick. So you can see over here in the left-hand column, there's a thing that says plugins, and I'm going to click there. And this, by the way, came with design with the themes? No, the plugins don't come with the themes. These are additional things that, that you do yourself or that you go find yourself. You can see that I'm using iThemes security and WordFence security. I'm using both of those, and I'll go in and, and scroll through real quickly so you can see inside them. 
in a minute. If I wanted to add a new plugin, I would just go up here to add new. And they give me some of the most popular ones here to look at. But let's just say I want another security plugin. So I'm going to type in security and see what, what I get in results. These are plugins that you can, they're typically free. In fact, all the ones that are on here are going to be free. So you can see the, the uh, ratings. This one's got 2,441 five-star ratings. They're, there's an exchange. They're collecting information about attacks and, and security breaches and so on. And they have premium versions, so you can upgrade and pay them for advanced versions. But yes, it's, it, and it has to, to be in here, it has to conform to WordPress's terms of service and so on. So pretty much what you find in here, as long as you've got some good security set up, uh, you're probably pretty clear. You, I would look at the reviews because if somebody's installed and had a problem with it, you're going to see it in the reviews. And see here, it tells you whether it's compatible with your version of, of WordPress. Let's see more details and see what that shows us. All right. So there's a description, tells you about installation, there's screenshots, frequently asked questions, and reviews. Reviews are important when you're looking at these, at these plugins because you're going to find out if somebody has discovered a virus or had a real serious problem, it's going to show up in the reviews. The WordPress community is very active. They're very uh, passionate about what they're doing. And oddly enough, software developers are, are most, so a lot of these people, their, their main interest is in having somebody use their software, solving a problem and having somebody use it. That's why it's, it's open source, it's free software. All right, let's take a quick look at iThemes security plugin. So there's a dashboard that talks about getting started. This one is not performing any scheduled database backups. And there's a reason for that, so I haven't fixed it. So don't read too much into this. There's some medium priority things that I need to fix. And when we go in and, and remodel the website, these will all be dealt with. Um, so it gives me a list of things, high priority and low priority stuff that needs to be dealt with. The settings section is where I actually go and change things. There's an advanced section. And some of these things, if once you do them, you can you can cause real problems. And so they're really good about telling you, you know, if you do this, you know, be prepared for the consequences. And then they have help and other features. WordFence is pretty much the same, same way. They just hit some different, different aspects of security. And this one, is showing me that my iTheme security plugin actually needs to upgrade. So, and I can actually scan, I can click here for it to scan the site. So then it gives me a, you can see here it says paid members only. So they want me to upgrade and, and pay them a fee for that particular feature of the scan. But it'll tell me what needs to be done. See, I've got some old files, old themes, plugins that are out of date and so it gives me that notice of problems found and I can fix those. These these two theme, these two plugins 
hit almost everything that you are going to have to worry about. Now, if you, if you build a business around it and you rely on an online business, then you might want to, to uh, consider getting the paid version of it. If it's just something that a marketing tool, these two cover pretty much everything that you're likely to run into. WordFence and iThemes Better Security. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.